leadership squad is here tonight. <coughs> they have us together. Let's take time out now for our leaders to lead us in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you, Lord, for um, allowing us to hear the good word this morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the series on Esther, Lord. We thank you for your sovereignty, Lord, how you work behind the scenes to do your will. We pray, Lord, that you would just build up our trust in accepting your will, Lord. Help us to be people who are understanding what your will is, Lord. Help us to be trying to seek out the signs of what you want us to do, Lord. You tell us what to do in many different ways, Lord. We can see through your word. We can see through your word being delivered through others. We can see through just different things that happen in our lives. And you us in all those different ways, Lord. Help us to be those who become experts in interpreting those things, Lord, so we can understand what we are to do. In your name we pray. Amen. Dear God, we just thank you for allowing us in your presence once again this evening. We thank you for our services this morning, Lord. We thank you for the word going forth through our Sunday school, uh, through our adult classes, Lord, and then from the pulpit. We thank you for the visitor who was here this morning, a friend of Charles and uh, the men from uh, the Milwaukee Rescue Mission, Lord. We pray uh, as those people and men come in, Lord, that we know that they'll hear the word, that their lives will be changed by it, Lord. And uh, that we can minister to those men as they as they come in, Lord, that, uh, you know, we'll befriend them and disciple them and uh, show them what Christian life is all about. They really don't know. So we thank you for that wonderful privilege that you've given us here as a church. And uh, we just pray your blessings upon every endeavor that we take uh, to further the gospel. For Christ's sake, amen. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God because it is up to date more than today's newspaper. So, Lord, we just thank you for that, for going through the Bible and just pulling out the things that to live by, Lord. It's our roadmap, and uh, we love it, Lord. So we just thank you for it, and we thank you for Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins. In Jesus' name. Lord, we just lift up the evangelism ministry. We ask that you just grow that ministry, allow them to reach more people in our city. Um, please use it to um, grow our um, membership in this church, and then as an extension of that, then they can turn around and continue to evangelize and grow it even more and continue to just um, push our mission forward, um, which reaching the men of this city. I said you continue to use um, the people here in the evangelism to, to spread the word about the boys' camp and the girls' camp. Um, we ask that you just help us hit record numbers this year, um, help us to reach a lot of the youth and get them involved in that we can also minister to their parents as well. In your name we pray. Amen. Lord, I just pray for the wickedness that is rampant around the city, Lord. As I was coming home this morning, we saw um, an accident, and I'm not sure if anyone perished in an accident or not, Lord, but I just pray for just all the different things that are going on that people don't take into account how precious life is and how short life is, Lord. I just think about how important it is for us to be spreading the gospel everywhere we go, and I just thank you for the opportunity we have, especially at the rescue minute, at the rescue mission, to be able to um, speak into the other men's lives there, Lord. The opportunity we have to be a living testimony to them, Lord, and I pray for all of us here, Lord, that as we go out throughout our day, Lord, that we are consciously aware of um, projecting the image of Christ to others around us, Lord, and reaching out to people, Lord, for the world is perishing in front of us. Pray for our unsaved family members, Lord, that you just continue to burden us with prayer for them, Lord. Help us to um, keep them at the forefront of our minds, Lord, not to give up on them, Lord. We were challenged with that at the church I went to this morning, that don't stop praying for those just because you think that it won't happen, Lord, but just to pray in faith that it will, Lord, believing that you are able to touch them as you touched us, Lord. 
Then I pray for our finances as a church, Lord, that you just continue to be with us in that. Just help us to continue to give diligently and above and beyond what we've been giving, Lord, and just be faithful and committed to that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for the privilege of prayer today, Lord. We uh, want to pray for our fathers as we celebrated Father's Day last Sunday. We thank you for... Shall we pray for this evening's offering? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and truly praise you, Lord, for who you are. Lord, we ask you now, Lord, that you uh, bless this offering. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, Lord. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. thankful for um, God allowing me to see 30 years and um, just growing me in so many different ways um, <laughs> that I didn't probably even recognize but just see, just seeing it now is just like uh, a real blessing or to hear people actually talk about like my growth or that I encourage them or something like that so it just it just makes me happy to hear those um, that encouragement and different things like that and then um, also just thankful that um, 
not sure. I, I'm not going to say I'm not sure if it was the best idea, but with the job situation, how everything came along um, with this new job, it was like every job that I ever applied to was like um, I reached out to them. I reached out to them and I had to keep calling and calling. And with this job, it just like it came to me and it was like, <laughs> we need you now and just when can you start and it was like oh we even pay you more money like we need you now and I don't even have any experience in this area so it's just like a real blessing to um be able to experience working with you know older girls because they might actually look up to me and I'm just praying that I can be a testimony to these girls because that's my whole goal and even in the um in my interview they kept saying like well what ways do you think you can uh, help them or <laughs> different things like that and I just was like my main focus is my testimony and I, I was very honest and I just was like I just want to be you know I just want to encourage these girls and just to be a good example a good role model to them and they just when a lady called me back later she was like oh, you are just so polite and <laughs> you just she said I think we've really been looking for somebody like you and have, didn't even know it was coming along so um, yeah, just thankful for uh, just that type of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> Praise God. I have to, to comment on that. Uh, proud of you. So proud of you, Jacqueline. And uh, it's good to see you come to 30 years old. I can't believe that, you, that you're at that point. But praise God. You've been a blessing to, to this church and to your family to see you develop and grow and, and to carry on the responsibilities that you have. I have two brothers who have group homes, and so I get, get a little familiar with, with that part of it. And uh, what an amazing opportunity for testimony there. And uh, we just need to pray as a church that uh, God will use you in that area as he's used you in every other area that you've submitted to him. So praise God for that. Any other testimonies tonight? Who's next? All right. I wanted to thank God for the um, witnessing ministry. It's something that I really, really wish I could have been a part of, but it's on a day that I can't really do any extra stuff. And, you know, I pray for it all the time, and I love hearing all the stories and just hearing about how so many people get involved in it and how people are being used in ways they didn't think they would be used. And I felt a little bad. I was like, God, you know, I really want to be out there. I want to be on the streets, and I want to be talking to people. And then um, God just brought this verse to my mind where it says Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And when I was praying that the other day, he's like, you know, I gave you a place to witness. And I just, all last week, I was just constantly bombarded with the fact that at my job, I have a very unique opportunity to witness to people. But just, I don't know when it happened, but after a while, it just started becoming routine. Like, okay, I'm just going to go. I'm going to pass my meds, do my assessments, and blah, 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 blah. Like, but... Every day last week, I had somebody say, you go to church, don't you? I had an older lady, she's like, you a praying woman, aren't you? I was like, where are people? And I was like, I didn't even say anything. And then I was like, kind of slapped in the face, like, I should be saying something. Like, I used, to, when I first started my job, I was very conscious of, I want everybody to know I'm a Christian. I want to have a good impression on these people. And then three years in, it's like, okay, it's time to go to work. And not say, okay, I need to make a good impression on these people. I need to show them who Christ is through my actions. And... I was just really reminded of that. Like, yes, we can do that as a community and as a group and as a church to do that on Saturdays, but that should be constantly on my mind. When I saw that verse said, let your, let your speech be seasoned with salt, 
I've never accidentally seasoned something when I was cooking. Like, that's an intentional thing. So he's saying, be intentional in every time that you speak to somebody, because I should be speaking through you. And I think sometimes I just wait for, oh, this person is discouraged. Now I'm going to witness to them. Like, no, everything that I sh say should be a witness to the people that I'm speaking to. And then I was just really reminded of that. Last week, I got mandated at work, so I wasn't able to come straight to church. I had to work till 11. And about four or five different nurses came up to me. and was like, I'm sorry you won't be able to go to church today. Like, they were genuinely sorry because they knew I'd go right after, right after work. And these, aren't, these are people who work day shift. Like, I don't even work with them. <laughs> I give report and leave. But I was like, they really, they really have been watching. They do pay attention. And that means something to them. I had a nurse tell me that she was so proud of me for doing that. And this is not a saved person. She's like, I really admire that you can do that. I was like, what is, what, does, that, does that even mean anything to you? <laughs> you know, you're not part of the church. You don't see me come here. You don't get encouraged like I get encouraged when I see you. But they have been watching. And I felt convicted that I hadn't been conscious of that. You know, I just kind of did it, you know, by accident. But it's just a reminder, and the witness in ministry really did help me see that, that I should be conscious at all times of my testimony and not just, you know, look for opportunities, but to always be aware that I am supposed to be God to everybody who sees me. So I'm thankful for that. Amen. A few hands are raised. Praise God. The, the, the witness in ministry does that. It reminds us um, in, in our everyday approach just to be used of God and be available to be used. So praise God for that. Sister Bonnie. I wanted to say to Chantel, praise the Lord, because although it may seem that you're doing routine things and not thinking about witnessing because of who you are, because of Jesus Christ in your life. People will see that. And it's more what they see often than what you say. And I think that's important for all of us. We all want the opportunity to say something to someone, but we often don't get that opportunity. But because of the way you live, and it's become an unconscious thing for you. You don't have to think about it every day, which is good. And it's good to remember every now and then to think, oh, I need to be more aware of it. But I think the real beauty of your testimony is that you're living it every day. Mm -hmm. And people are seeing that. And I mean, isn't that what we all really want for our lives? Mm -hmm. Is that people can see Jesus Christ through us. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Claude. One of the things we notice is going out evangelism, that you'll notice the same thing on your job as, as a believer, is that before we get up to people, they know who we are. They know who we are. We went up to a, a woman yesterday, and as soon as we, before we could even start talking, she said, she hid something behind her coat and said, you caught me. <laughs> she, she was drinking beer, and... Um, yeah. <laughs> My point is that she felt conviction about that right way before we even said a word. And we didn't have Bibles in our hand. We didn't have anything. Um, I think sometimes we forget the power of the Holy Spirit living in us and that he is ever present in us. The world can see that. They can see it as if there is a glow emanating from us. I'm not saying there is a glow. I'm saying the Holy Spirit is in us, in believers, 
and that has an impact. Donna and I laughed because we were going from corner to corner on you know, a busy intersection. And it seemed like the corner would be busy, and we go over there and talk to a few people, and boom, everybody be gone. <laughs> we go into the next corner, go across the street, and that corner over there be full again. We went on one corner, talked to a few people, looked for another place where we could find more people, and as soon as we left that place, one crazy woman, young woman, started twerking on the corner. And then she walked across the street, took her wig off in the middle of the street. She was just full of a demonic spirit. That's what it was. But Don and I laughed because she said she wouldn't do that when we was over there. It's like if the thing, one positive thing is that there is the Holy Spirit is kind of like a restraining force on evil. And I'm this up. The Holy Spirit does work to hold back evil. And our presence as believers is helping to do that, even if we don't get a chance to say a word. And so it's good for people to see us out and know, well, I'll do my nonsense some other time or some other place. <laughs> now, you know, there's enough nonsense that goes around right in front of us. But imagine that. The, the one thing that's holding evil back right now is the Holy Spirit and his work, his active work in believers right now. You take that out of this world, you talk about a mess. You've got a mess. It's bad enough now. But God's influence is spread all around, even a wicked city like Milwaukee. Um, do not belittle that influence, even if we don't say a word. Now, I'm, I'm encouraging us to say a word and to speak. Another thing I, I noticed, and anybody else have a testimony? I'll, I'll fit you in as I talk. I'm just filling in right now. Okay. All right, let's go to that. I'll, I'll fill in some more, give you some, some other, some other uh, personal applications and testimonies. Go ahead, Shell. And then did you get a mic yet, Aaron? So he'll be next with a mic. Uh, my, um, it's really a, uh, just something I wanted to say. Um, I had an incident last week with a um, lady from the Door Hope, and the Door Hope is uh, single ladies downstairs who, like, off the street that live there. And um, the, I heard it on the radio in the morning, and they was like, she's trying to get in the building. We need security. And they was calling security. And then uh, we was looking on the camera, and she was giving everybody a hard time. She couldn't get in the building. So anyway, one of the ladies, the guests, left out the building, so she pushed in and went on in the building. And she was, they was just like kind of panicking that she was in there. So me and my supervisor was running to try to go get her. And the supervisor, the two security guards is like, ma'am, you can't, we, you gotta get back out. And she wasn't listening to nobody. So I was like, Barbara, you know you ain't supposed to be in here. She said, okay. And she left out the <laughs> building. <laughs> but <laughs> everybody else was scared of Barbara because Barbara is this lady who, yeah say she'll pray to God and sh God will kill you. If she pray to him, he will, she will tell him to make you die. Um, she do like certain stuff and she give them like evil stares and they kind of scared of her. But I went down there and I said, Barbara, what you doing in here? You know you're not supposed to be in here. She said, okay. And she just walked out the building. And my supervisor was like, we had two security guards down there, two men. And then the other ladies was like panicking and everything, and that's all I said, and she just went out to build it. So it just made me think about like what you said, that God is 
that you know they feel it, they see it. And I was never scared of her. When she would talk to me, I never heard her say. I heard her say it to people, different things about what she would do to them. But I never, she would never say those type of things to me. So I just like, I'm gonna go try to see if I can get her out the building because mm -hmm. I heard them on the radio. So I was like, let me get down there. But I just thank the Lord that she did leave the building once I, when I got down there, and that's all I had to say was, you're not supposed to be in here. Mm -hmm. And she went on back out the building. I think one of the things we notice in Jesus's ministry and the apostles as well is that they had a lot of encounters with people who were under the influence of evil demonic spirits. Um, I'm not suggesting that we should belittle their power and their influence. What I am suggesting is that we have no need to be intimidated by the source of their power. The source of their power is Satan. He is intense and stronger than any of us put together. But the source of our power is the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And he is no match for them. And he actually fears us. He actually fears God. And, and since God is in us, he fears um, the protection that we have. Uh, and so I think we should, we should walk in that confidence and realize what God is doing. Um, the moment we get um, overconfident in ourselves, we're in trouble. When we walk in that confidence in the Lord and seek to do what the Lord would have us to do, face the, the uh, obstacles and opportunities that we have in our regular life, um, that, that God puts towards us, um, I think um, we, we will not have to fear what Satan does. Believers walk that way, and we should walk as they walked. I don't fear what man can do to me. We fear the Almighty God. Um, Satan's tactic is to use intimidation. It always is, to intimidate us. It reminds me of that, that guard dog. Yes, he can bite, and if he gets loose from the chain, he can do a lot of damage. But his main job is just to bark. That's his main job, to bark so you don't come near and you don't challenge him. And um, we, we, we need to know how he does that in, in, in different ways. All right, let's go back to a few more testimonies. I have a few more comments on that as we go along. I think, Aaron, you have a testimony. And who else has a mic? We'll take Aaron, and then the next one be here and then and then Charles so Aaron Cliff and Charles okay well first I want to thank everybody who's been praying um, and uh, just ask that you guys just need to do that um, I'm not I want to apologize uh, for anyone who's come and try to talk to me and ask me what's going on ask me how I'm doing and I don't exactly know how to answer that um, because I don't know, I, I kind of, it's, it's kind of like there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in my brain at the same time right now. And it's difficult to sort of sort it all out. And I feel like if I s open my mouth or say something at the wrong time, because I've been, I've been wanting to say a testimony for the past five weeks, but I haven't been saying anything out of fear of too much coming out. And this past Wednesday, I was praying with Papa Cliff over here. And 
when I pray, every so often I get real passionate about what I'm praying about, and, and I get, my eyes get, like tears in my eyes. And for a while, long while, I was like, man, why does it keep on happening? Am I not a man because I'm getting tears in my eyes when I'm praying? What is going on with that? And that's, and then he started talking to me about how that passion is God's way of, of sort of, I need to bring it out. I need to get it out there. Because if I don't, I can't be properly healed. So I know you guys probably have noticed <laughs> how I really get going when I be playing the music or I be singing or whatever. And that's another way for it comes out. So just continue to pray for me that as with everything that's going on, I just find more constructive and good ways of expressing what's going on so that I can get better for what's happening because I really have been holding a lot in so I apologize for anyone who really has been concerned and I just really haven't come out and said anything about it but uh, yeah just continue to pray for me mm -hmm. um, in addition to that in addition to that secondary thing uh, just want to thank I want to thank God just for the, the preaching. Um, <laughs> even though not every single thing I feel like has been directed exactly towards me specifically, there has been every so often I hear something like, man, I, I think I know exactly what Pastor's talking about. And it really is, is caused me to reflect on just how I need to, to treat people around me better. Um, and just going through it's going through Esther. Yeah. And now you're talking about <clears throat> and how you're talking about how God has a purpose in everything and how he takes his time and how he's not slow and how everything happens within his timing and how I've been wanting, man, I want this to happen now. I want that to happen now. And I want this person to do this and I want that person to do that. I just don't know why everyone can't just do what I think they should do. Like, no, just God's working behind the scenes. I just need to do what he told me to do and let him work out the rest. So I just am thankful for that message that has been really been speaking to me throughout your time talking through that book. So just thankful for the preaching as well. Praise God for the testimony. Here's what we agreed to do is that um, it's uncomfortable um, and, and some emotions are just so strong and, and pent up that we don't know how to express them. We agree to um, to realize that we also agree not to not to stop <laughs> not to stop approaching you in, in right ways so that um, in other words we're not just going to leave you alone I don't say nothing to Aaron because I don't know what, what to say or how to say it we're just going to keep trying it's going to be uncomfortable for you it's going to be uncomfortable for us um, but we'll be uncomfortable together <laughs> and we'll work through that then um, the other thing is it's, it's not necessary to express everything with every person uh, so you don't feel that burden. Um, God gives you um, one, different ones. As you mentioned, you pray on Wednesday night and, and he gives you an opportunity there and he gives you other opportunities as well. So just take them as God gives them to you. So praise God for that. We have a couple more testimonies. Cliff and then Charles. Uh, I, I just want to thank God for, for his salvation. On Father's Day, uh, 
the thing about Father's Day for me is like that double-edged sword. I was a horrible father. Both of my kids were born with heroin in their system. And I was never a dad to them. And so when Father's Day always came around, and they say, Father, stand up. Well, everybody know I was a father in church, so I had to stand up. I, I never felt like I was a father. But God is so <laughs> good. God saved me on Father's Day. <laughs> 28 years ago this past Father's Day Amen. the day I walked in the church after being on a week long binge and I haven't left since mm. and so God was saying okay here's, you know you get a second chance mm. and so it's ama it amazes me I'm, and I'm not talking about my testimony and I was trying to figure out how to say this without using the word I but because it's all God and uh when I was out there on the streets yesterday, it's changed so much since we used to go door to door 25 years ago. The climate has changed, the demonic forces have changed so strongly you can feel it. And it, it made me think how I was ever out there and it made me appreciate God more for bringing me from out of there. And uh, just set me down here. I'm an imperfect guy. I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm just stoic and and I'm inside, burning up inside, and I just don't want to say things. But I know I love God, and I know he saved me. And if mm -hmm. it wasn't for him, there's no way I would be alive, none. Because I was that guy, you know. I was that guy who, I, I, I'm, it seems like my life was a nightmare. And it was a nightmare, and I woke up and like, whoosh, whoa, that, mm -hmm. that would have been serious if I was really living that. And, but I was, mm -hmm. you know. And so God has been so good to me. I don't even I don't even know how and why. <laughs> it blows my mind mm -hmm. to think that God would just choose choose me, a, a, a worthless drug addict, thug, whatever, to save me, to to uh, to be able to teach transgressors His ways. Mm -hmm. That blows my mind. It's mm -hmm. all God. I had nothing to do with it. So I thank God every time Father's Day comes around, but that sword swings both ways on Father's Day. That's a good, that's a good struggle. <laughs> that's a good struggle. As I was going out uh, this weekend, and I'll get to you in a moment, Charles, um, I thought, what if our church was filled with the people that we encounter in evangelism? How would we respond? How would we act? What an amazing testimony would be to see God work in the lives of those who we come encounter. And it is no more of a miracle for God to do that than what he's done in our lives. It is the same power of God transforming lives. So we need to think and, and be ready for that. Um, because that's what God wants to do. He wants to impact their lives and bring them here. When I speak at the rescue mission, I think the same thing. I invite all the men there. You know, one day, they're going to come. I don't mean one or two of them. <laughs> I, pe people promise me all the time, you do an evangelism, you get the same promise. I'll be there. You know what? They mean it. They just don't have the power to carry it out. But when God moves in that life and we start, God is preparing us first. So when they come in, 
And instead of having one or two visitors on a Sunday, we have 20 and 30. Men, be ready for God to be used, for, for, for you to be used by God, and prepare for that now. It's not just our men, but our men are be face-to-face -face with these men. But there's women as well. Let's pray <laughs> that God will use us to impact this city. One of the things as I go out, I realize it is the power of the gospel that transforms lives, and that's the only power that can do that. All these other programs, these systems, yeah, we need police, we, we, we need uh, medical staff. Uh, it's interesting to have Jeremy as a son and Chantel as a daughter. You know, they're dealing with different aspects of way out society. But they're just juggling. They can't deal with the real solution. And that's the church here. The gospel does that. It's the gospel that has the power to change lives. And it's the gospel has, is the only thing that has the power to change those lives. So let's, let's not forget what our mission is and how God has changed our lives and, and take that out to um, see him do a, a mighty work in, in our community. Brother Charles. Just wanted to just thank the Lord for being my Lord and Savior. Thank God for that. And uh, just, to, uh, just to say how much I appreciate the teaching here, too, all, also, and in in just the teaching in, in Esther and the, the theme of God being behind the scenes. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Beverly and I were on a vacation in Chicago, and I know how God worked that out where we hadn't been anywhere, uh, maybe about two years since it, because of her surgeries that she had and, uh, you know, just health issues, so just God, how God worked just that time that we could have enough money to go and to uh, be able to spend a week down in Chicago. So everything was planned out. I thought I was, had the plans. And then anyway, you know, we had this day planned. We're going to do this. This, this next day we're going to do that. And, uh, and, it, and it was going pretty well. Uh, and so uh, everyone that I went to see, all my relatives that I went to see, saw down there, each of them had particular health issues. I had a cousin who uh, suffered a stroke. I had one of my cousins I went to see was had uh, was in like a, re a rehabilitation center. She's going through like uh, early cases of, of Alzheimer's. Uh, uh, one of my cousins had suffers from just seizures. Uh, you know she don't know why she's having them. And another one of my cousins that I went to saw actually we were staying with her. Uh, well she she just had a small issue. She had a cataract surgery while we were down there. But the thing that, that kind of uh, opened my eyes or just allowed me to realize that, like you say, God is always working behind the scenes. I know he's in control. I have no doubt about that in my life. Uh, I messed around, lost my wallet when I was down there. I uh, was driving on the freeway, because everywhere you go down there, at least where I, my people I, where I went to visit, it was like maybe a 45 minutes to hour ride from this point point from A to B I put it that way and a lot of freeway driving so I had a while it was well I didn't think it was that thick but it was pressing on my <laughs> on my button it was kind of making my foot go to sleep so I took it out of my pocket put it in between my legs and my car you know as I was driving on the freeway and you know I'm saying to myself okay don't you know you got your wallet in you, you don't, don't forget it when you get out I put it that way got out from uh, when I was at my cousin's house and uh didn't think about it for about maybe a half an hour hit my back pocket so oh, 
lost my wallet. <laughs> you know, I knew what happened. I knew where it was at. Went outside, it was gone. So uh, this was on a Wednesday, and uh, so I had to call. Well, you know, uh, got my uh, bank cards. Uh, uh, you know, reported that they was lost or so froze them. So I had about thirty dollars in, in my wallet. So that wasn't a big deal. If I, I mean, if I had lost it a couple of days earlier, it probably would have been because I would have had more money in there. But we had spent, <laughs> I had spent down to what I had in my pocket that day was about thirty dollars. Anyway, uh, had to go to report to the police station down there to to report it. You know, report the the loss. And just how all these all, all these things worked. I'm um, sitting down there. You had to go in, take a number. So I'm sitting down there from about four o'clock to five thirty, between I uh, guess the shift change and everything like that. So, but while I was sitting there. I was sitting next to a gentleman that was uh, talking on his phone. He was talking to, to his son. I think his son, he said, said his son stayed in New Jersey or something. He was kind of getting on him about obeying his mother, this, that, and the other. So he was doing that fatherly role, you know. And uh, so I just started talking with him, you know, and just, you know, just kind of letting him know, well, you know, he was telling me that his, uh, his, his, uh, his son's mother is in the military and how he has, I guess, a daughter, a son, child there in Chicago, but it was just the pr his pressure of him parenting long distance. And so I just told him, well, you know, God is in control of that. And, you know, wasn't really a, a witnessing as far as giving him the gospel, but just letting him know that God is in control. You know, just do what you, like you are saying, do what you're supposed to, what, what you can do, and just, and, uh, and God to take care of the rest. And another lady down there had some issues. But it, the, the thing is that how God works, uh, you know, I had things planned that I was going to do things this way and that way, but I didn't have no plans on being at the police station at on four o'clock on Wednesday afternoon, you know, looking up at five thirty, I'm saying to myself, "Oh man, five thirty, I'll be in, be going to choir practice today or in church at this time, you know." But anyway, just thanking God, just you know, just seeing how God is in control of things, and God puts you places. And I had some good conversation with a couple of policemen that I was talking to, and uh, both of them said they were, you know, believers. So we just connected that way, you know, and things like that. So I just thank God for that, and also want to speak on our evangelism. Uh, that we, you know, yesterday, uh, me and Brendan was together, and we w walked past a couple of gentlemen, and they kind of gave us the freeze. You know, we said, you know, we, we could, could we talk to you for a minute? And they just, you know, just gave us that cold stare, mm -hmm. and we said, can we hand you know, we're going to hand them a, the, our track, church track, and they wouldn't, you know, just, they're just frozen. You know, they didn't <laughs> act like they, you know, didn't want to be bothered by us. So we walked down the street, and we came back, as we, as we were coming back to, to join you guys, the same two were on the opposite. We went down one side of the street, and the same two had crossed the street. We were on the other side of the street this time. So Brendan said, should we give them to them? I said, no, those are the same two that we um, tried to give them to before. So we walked past them, and Brenda, I praise God for her, she said, I'm going to give them this track. You know? So she stopped, and we talked for and then She said, can we, can we talk to you for a minute? And this time, the, the gentleman opened up a little bit. And uh, you know, we, we prayed so we, you know, about praying for him. I said, was there something that we can pray for you about? He said, my, 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 my life is like, he said, this is so messed up right now. He didn't, he didn't give no specifics or anything. So I said, well, brother, all I can do is just pray for you that God can, can work things out in your life and that you turn your life over to the Lord. Like that. But just my mind, I was saying, man, don't, you know, I don't want to be bothered with, he don't want to be bothered with me. I don't want to be bothered with you this time. Pass, you know? <laughs> but praise, you know, I say praise God that, that, that Brenda was just, had to have the boldness and just say, well, look, look, I'm going to give him this track. And he opened up. You know, so just another opportunity how God mm -hmm. works behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I just want to thank God just for, your, first of all, your teaching. I think that same, the week that, that we were gone, I, I think you started, that was the week that you started, Esther. 
so I happened to listen to it over the, you know, uh, on op- online. Which, so that first week, so just how God just just works out everything. He, he gives you the the, the kind of like the pattern that you should go on, or you know, allow me to know that, like you say, God is in control. And I just look for God in any, everything in my life. Mm-hmm. Praise God for that testimony. Time for one more, one or two <coughs> more. If you have one, I see a hand back there for Jeremy. You want to be the last? Raise your hand. You got one opportunity. Going, going. Oh, there it is. All right. Go ahead, Jeremy. One of the things that Auntie Shell said reminded me of a story that happened with me, and I almost didn't want to share it for a couple of reasons. I just don't want to scare people and all types of, and just excite people for no reason. But I think it's a spiritual thing going on in the city. And one of the things that this happened on like, uh, this happened almost like two years ago. I was a cop. Um, working on I was working on the same shift and wait no it was like the early shift I believe I was working four to twelve and this was on the area of 68th and key something like if you remember where the apartment is right before you get to Appleton and I went to this house me and my partner and we went upstairs it was on the second story and all and we had got called to this person is called an MO which is some a person that's having mental breakdown and we got to take them to a mental facility. And so we went up and we go upstairs and all the windows, this is during daytime, this is around like six o'clock. And we went up and all this, the windows was broke but covered up. And so we get in there and uh, a 14 year old girl is like, oh, she in the back room talking about her mother. And we go back there and the mother is like freaking out having this mental breakdown saying, he trying to kill me, he trying to kill me. And nobody's in there but her and the daughter. And so we go back there and we're like, ma'am, nobody's trying to kill you. You know, you're all right. And she's like, oh no, she's screaming, crying. And we like, this is normal. And this is, I could tell you probably 10 stories like this happen every week. And so there, we like, okay, maybe she's psychotic, maybe she has schizophrenia. We don't know. So we like, okay, ma'am, just come downstairs. Ah, I don't care. She's trying to kill me. She try, he trying to kill me. And I'm like, okay, let's get her downstairs. We're going to get you, ma'am, you want to go to MCMH? We're going to take you to get, you know, that's what our protocol is. We take you to get uh, to a mental facility. None of the house, the house didn't have no lights or nothing. I'm like, okay, this 14-year-old is staying here on her phone. No lights, no nothing. Every room is in this, you know, is in a very bad state. So we take the mother downstairs. And I'm th- already thinking in the back of my head, something spiritual is going on here, you know. So <laughs> the, my observations were correct. So when, when um me and my partner put her in the back seat. I get in the driver's seat. I'm driving that day. And she's stationed right behind me. We start driving. She's still, oh, somebody trying to kill me. He trying to kill me. And she kept saying some name. We didn't know who she was talking about. And then she says the name, but this time her voice is different. And she's like, I don't even know what the name was. And she said, yes, I am trying to kill her. And I said, and my, the, the, the hairs on my back began to raise. And I was like, and, the, and then, but what I thought was not, oh, this would be a great thing to write in a scary movie. I was, th- I started to pray, mm-hmm. because I don't get scared that easy <laughs> at all with all the stuff we see. But, but the hairs on my back begin to raise, on the on the back of my neck begin to raise, and I said, let me pray, you mm-hmm. know. And she kept talking like that the whole ride. And she was like, blah 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 blah. I'm trying to cue her. I'm going to cue her as first chance I get. And I was thinking, this is not just something mental. This is something spiritual. 
And when I prayed, I, I wish I could tell you that it calmed her, but it only, she just kept going down that rabbit hole. But, I was, but the thing that it brought me into perspective is we have no ability to fight Satan other than God. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really is, is not scary but encouraging about that is God gave us the power to fight that, and no amount of guns or rifles or nothing can beat nothing like that. When the, when the Bible says we fight against powers that we can't see, if we read about it, but when you see it, you realize, I can't fight this. I can't beat that. Whatever is uh, afflicting that woman, whatever is going on there. And then when I started thinking, I told my brother about this. I was like, if this is something spiritual, I wonder if they know who I am. <laughs> like, because, you know, I, I struggle with my own sins. I wonder if the same demons afflicting her know what's going on in my... And then I was thinking, God is in control here. God is the only thing that can heal that person. Mm-hmm. And so the same God that's on my side is the same God that can heal that, that woman. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing. There's no, no, no mental pills, no nothing she can take that's right. going to fix her. And then I was thinking also, like, we oftentimes belittle the spiritual things that go on behind closed doors. So I heard this phrase this week of, for every rat you see is 20 you don't. That's absolutely true in the spiritual world, I think, too. And so the stuff you guys see when you're witnessing out there, that's normal in the city. And it's nothing that's going to defeat that but Jesus Christ. And so it's encouraging to me, like, if you think about it in the terms of an atheist or a person who doesn't believe in God, that's a very scary story. But if you think of it in the terms of a Christian, you think, like, man, we we are the only people with the power and the knowledge to defeat that. And, And God wants us to go out into the world and and talk to these people and find these people, because guess what? Even in the Bible, when the unsaved people, Brian talked about this morning, when they tried to do it, the demon said, I don't respect you. Mm-hmm. But he respects those who know God because mm-hmm. of who our master and our father is. Right. And so it's very encouraging to me that you guys are going out. I wish I could be there more. I'm going to try to do it as soon as I get on to a different schedule. But I see this stuff all the time. I can tell you, anybody who come and ask me, I can tell you about 10 more stories just like that. And some are even worse. But that was one of the few that just stuck up in my mind when Michelle said what happened to her. And I just think that, be encouraged that God gave us the power to defeat that. Amen. And, and it should be encouraging. We don't say that to strike fear in us. Um, we know what, what Satan and his forces are capable of. But to know that there is no hope for those who Satan, Satan is harassing. They, my wife sees them at the, at the um, suicide watch and she works her job and there's no drug, there is no counseling, there is nothing you can say or do to really help that person with their real problem. And so what we have is society has denied that. I was preaching this at the rescue mission that our medical field denies that. They deny the spiritual world, the power of God, as well as Satan, because they operate from a system that says that doesn't exist. Everything in our culture denies that except the people affected by it and those of us who know that it's true. They they have to deny it because they have no defense for it. 
Christ is the only defense. And so I think what we should be is not afraid, but be empowered by God to speak gospel, speak gospel truth. <coughs> we shouldn't be foolish. We shouldn't be careless. Um, we should respect the power that we're facing. We should realize God has the power to protect us and to impact change in that person. That's the only hope they have. That's the only hope they have. The medical field causes all types of things and names and, and diseases and they don't know what to do with it. But God does. I want to pray as we close tonight. Um, I also want to mention my dad. I talked to my mom today and my dad is having some issues with his back and his hip, um, he's in severe pain, he can hardly walk. Uh, so just pray for him this week. And he did go to the doctor, try to see what the issue was, but the main issue is that he's 90 years old. Um, his body is deteriorating, and uh, he knows that, she knows that, um, but the pain is still there and severe. So pray for them, that God would uh, help him uh, during this time and show us what we can do uh, to be of any help and assistance. And the main thing I can do is ask you as believers to, to pray, to pray for him. So let's close in prayer. Father, we bring our real needs to you, both physical with my dad, asking you to, to help him provide the comfort and uh, that he might persevere through this phase and this challenge in his life. And uh, we just pray that you would be his, his uh, relief, his comfort, that you would help him doing this. Be with my mom as well. And we pray, Lord, for the spiritual reality that we face. Um, we don't see it all the time, and it's something that is unknown and in some ways fascinating to us and in some ways scary. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to know we're secure in you. And we face some real evil in this world. I pray that you would help us to just daily be a testimony, a witness. Sometimes when light comes into the room, darkness just vanishes, moves away. Um, other times we are under straight frontal attack. And we just pray that uh, you would help us to get the gospel and that you would use this gospel to transform lives, to take them from the realm of darkness into the domain of light, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. You would save them. You would use us as instruments for salvation. We pray this now in Jesus' name.